Hey everyone, this is Adam Ellenboss from Nightlight Astrology. Happy Friday, everybody. I hope you guys are doing well. Today, we are going to take a look at Venus's upcoming conjunction with the Sun in the special condition that we call Kazemi. Uh, so this happens when a planet moves through a conjunction with the Sun and is right at the heart of the Sun and becomes sort of empowered as if it's placed on the throne and given like the seal of the king uh, or the queen, either way you want to think about it. So that's what we're going to look at today, give you five different ways of uh, five different ways of turning the archetype of Venus at the heart of the sun, especially, well, you know, considering that it's in the sign of Libra in particular. Uh, so that is our agenda for today. Don't forget to like and subscribe, share a few comments. Uh, that helps the channel to grow. Uh, you can always find transcript of my daily talks on my website, nightlightastrology.com. Um, I'm also really excited to be uh, promoting uh, two of my mentors that I studied with for quite a while in the Bhakti Yoga tradition, who I'm still close with, are giving their class coming up on the Bhagavad Gita. It is called Unlocking the Mysteries of the Bhagavad Gita. You can learn more about it at bhaktiwise.com. It's a donation-based class. Uh, you can watch the recordings or attend live. It starts on November 5th. I think it's a great program that they have and very accessible uh, way for students to get uh, interested in the um, one of the great classic spiritual texts in the Bhagavad Gita. Um, beautiful way to learn a little bit more about yoga philosophy if you're brand new. No major commitment required. It's not like you have to become a yogi to take the class or anything like that. Um, so check it out. I hope you guys will enjoy that. They teach it every year. I always promote their class and uh, have learned a lot from them as teachers. Um, consider them really dear spiritual mentors. Um, that being said, I also want to take you over to the start of uh, my own class, which is called Ancient Astrology for the Modern Mystic. Um, we have <clears throat> first year course to go to my website. Let me put it up on the screen. I just realized it wasn't up. So it begins on November 12th. It's coming up really soon. We still have a little over maybe a, around 100 or so need-based tuition spots available. So I am promoting those to make sure that people take advantage of them before they're gone. They do tend to fill up right before, you know, by, like the last week or so, you, you might be hard pressed to get uh, one of those spots. So in particular, I want to make sure I push that today and for the next uh, couple of weeks as we approach the deadline. Um, the class starts in November 12th. You have to be enrolled prior to that if you're going to use need-based tuition. We don't take any need-based tuition after the fact. So uh, sign up now if you're going to do that. And like I said, they are there's a limited amount of them. So be sure that you sign up soon. Um, at any rate, the class starts November 12th. There's 30 classes on the year. You can read on the website what some of our alumni have had to say about the program, people who are now reading birth charts for others. Um, it's a, a, a program that is staffed with a team of tutors who help you in the discussion forum outside of class and during tutoring sessions outside of the 30 classes on the year. We have live clients come into class so because I've been enjoying looking at some of those uh, live readings that I've been uh putting up. I think we've done one so far. There's another one coming next week. And um, yeah, you can uh, ask any questions you have by, about the program by emailing us uh, at info at nightlightastrology.com. There's been a lot of people who've been reaching out sort of being like, do I qualify or not? And maybe a little bit of guilt or, you know, it's sometimes people feel guilty asking for the help with the need-based tuition. Um, I just want to make it clear that that's there for people who, you know, if you're on a fixed income, it's a tight uh, budget. We don't want people to, you know, hamstring themselves by um, going for something that they love, that's spiritual, that's uplifting, that's supposed to help transform your life in a positive way. We don't think it should be unavailable or inaccessible for people. In fact, Firmicus Maternus, one of the ancient astrologers, 
uh, said that he was giving instructions to students in his textbook. And he said, be easy of access to people. Don't be completely inaccessible and don't be for only the wealthy. You may have wealthy clients, you may have people, you know, and so that's the same model that I've used. Some people can afford the full price and we thank you for that. If you can do it, thank you. And if you can't, if you're hurting for whatever reason, or you're just in a constrained place, you shouldn't be, uh, it should, astrology shouldn't be inaccessible. So anyway, check out the need-based tuition. Now, if you um, can't afford it, there is a 12 monthly payment plan that can help a little bit as well. And we have an early bird payment that saves you $500 off um, in the meantime uh, also. So I hope to see some of you in class soon coming up on that deadline. So make sure you uh, you um, sign up for, for the need-based tuition if you want to take advantage of it. Okay, well, um, that being said, we are going to look at Venus moving into the heart of the sun. So here we can see on Saturday, October 22nd, that Venus and, oh, there it is. There it is. It decided to make an appearance today. And we're going to change the color. I think we're going to go back. I, I I don't know how it got set to there, but let's do this. Here we go. Pink, a little different color than black. Feels kind of ominous. We talked earlier in the week about Venus and the sun passing through a square to Pluto. We've had that all week. That's been interesting. Now what we're looking at is Venus and the sun moving into a, an exact conjunction. Now, when a planet is within, you know, 15, 16 minutes of one degree, some people would say, or just within one degree of different definitions of Kazemi throughout the history of astrology, but mostly you would agree that it's about a half of a degree on either side of the exact conjunction uh, that you would um, look at that conjunction as being a place of empowerment for the planet conjoining the sun. So in this case, Venus, that it is as though with the sun being like the king or the queen, that that planet is granted the special power or it is like the, that Venus is temporarily enthroned or given the seal of the king to make decisions on behalf of the king. There's some pretty popular, um, you know, so, some celebrities that you would recognize who have had tremendous levels of success who were born with that uh, Venus Kazemi. For example, Oprah Winfrey is one of the great examples of a Venus Kazemi. Um, you also have People like Blake Lively or um, uh, Bridget Macron. Um, uh, there, I mean, there's some. Everyone's. I'm not. I, I'm not the definition of who's famous or why or whatever. But people that you would know: um, uh, Boris Johnson, Martin Scorsese, Ella Fitzgerald, Kate Upton, um, and there's lots of there's lots of others uh, as well. But uh, I'm just looking down. My my childhood crush tiffany amber Thiessen from uh saved by the bell <laughs> anyway and I'm, I'm not gonna say anything super insightful about all those people today i just wanted to mention that you'll often find that venus is kazemi in the lives of people who will have very powerful displays of, of venus in their life from artists or um, models or people who uh, in, the, in the case of some of those that we were looking at actresses or um, actors or directors uh, so there's some some Sometimes the Venus Kazemi, one of the meanings will be that Venus is given great fame or power. Um, and it is as though Venus has like, a, Venus is like the empress it, when it's at the heart of the sun. Um, <clears throat> there was one queen, and I'm trying to remember who she was, that had a famous queen that had it in Libra too, where it is now. But anyway, the point is that we are going to take a look at this today. We're going to give us five give you five themes to watch for as 
Venus and the sun come together, especially at the last critical degree of Libra, that 29th degree. Typically those 29th degrees are, how do I want to put it? They are catalyzers and often a little bit difficult. Um, they bring things to a head, those final 29th degrees of signs. In some ways that is because the signs have a way of moving from creation to maintenance to destruction. In another sense though, it's those last final degrees of every sign that are the bound, the bounds. Uh, those bounds are ruled by the malefics, which means that the last set of degrees of every sign are typically ruled by Mars or Saturn. Um, and if you don't know what bound rulers are, we've talked about them in other videos. I won't get into it today, but suffice to say that those last degrees can be sort of powerful, catalyzing, maybe sort of bringing things to a head in a way that's not entirely easy. Venus is dignified here. This is Venus's home sign. So you have this kind of extra potent looking Venus, but in a very critical place. So anyway, what I want to do today is just give you five themes to watch for. Like what are, what are the things that you should be able to observe broadly speaking, because it's going to look different in every chart. If it, whether it's configured to anything significant in your chart, is it an angular house or not? Um, but it, it's a powerful moment. So here's five themes to watch for. Number one, Venus enshrined or chosen. By chosen, I mean that Venus, whether it's representing like a, a young girl who's given her classroom award for, you know, a caring student of the month or something like that. Or if it is um, the example of someone getting their first contract as an actress or a writer or an artist, the first studio or the first uh, museum that's going to show some of your work, that there's something about Venus that's being chosen, select, unique, given award, granted some special kind of privilege or promotion. So think about Venus chosen, Venus standing out, Venus being, uh, so, you know, like... Um, Venus being on display somewhere, being like, we're proud of you, Venus, something like that. On the other hand, Venus enshrined would be remembering someone or something like memorializing something Venusian, remembering something Venusian. This was an ideal image of Venus. That could be that you're remembering a previous relationship or that you and an ex are still friends and you're toasting to the what what memories you made once even though you've gone your separate ways it could be kind of a bittersweet celebratory you know venus is being enshrined in in, in canton you know in, in, the, in like in the hall of fame so get that feeling now similarly number two would be venus being promoted delegated or recognized now some of those are similar to being chosen but promoted in particular would mean that like someone in authority or power is saying, come up here. I give you more duty or responsibility. I give you more visibility, something like that. Delegated would be, I want you to do this on behalf of a higher power, authority, institution, etc. You are going to represent someone or something. And then recognize would be like, Look at what you've done in a sort of celebration of something. Now, that could be any of these things could happen in love and relationships, or they could be taking place, you know, at work or uh, in your creative life if you have a creative side projects. Um, you know, so it doesn't have to be like, well, you know, overnight I'm becoming a celebrity or something crazy. This, you know, sometimes these transits happen in small ways, but it, it, it's almost like, you should treat every transit like it's a treasure hunt. You know, can I find the Venus Kazemi? Like, where do I see it? And, and how can I, because it's there somewhere. It's like, even if it's not touching your chart in a really profound way, 
you're still probably going to be able to notice one of these. So keep your eyes out. Anyway, Venus promoted, delegated, or recognized. Number three would be Venus's hidden agenda. Now, sometimes you get Venus at the heart of the sun and Venus is still invisible, can't see it with the naked eye, but now it's hidden behind the power of the sun. So what is the hidden motivation that someone or is, is behind someone or something, a, a person in power, or an institution, and who, who is behind the scenes pulling the strings? Who is influencing the decision makers? Um, or what kinds of Venusian agendas are we not seeing or might be slightly cloaked? to ourselves or um, within others. So Venus could have a little bit of a hidden agenda with this one. Not that that means it's a bad one either. It could be just that it's uh, it's it's subtle, you know? Uh, number four, Venus at the heart of the sun in an air sign in particular. And remember this sign is the exaltation of Saturn. And so Venus at the heart of the sun at that critical 29th degree might be idealizing, you know, imagining what is the perfect form or what is the ideal image? And it should be one that is beautiful and just and cohesive and eloquent, very, you know, high airy Libran ideal. So Venus right now might be fixated on a perfect or ideal form, but at the 29th degree, right before shifting into Scorpio, where then we'll have a solar eclipse, this could also be about the death of an ideal image. This could be about the death or passing over of a ideal or a um, an iconic uh, female celebrity or something like that. You could see that because Venus is at the heart of the sun, but then they're both going to pass over into Scorpio and then an eclipse comes. So it's almost like you know if you were to if you were to hear about a famous fashion house closing, you know it's like the end of an the end of an iconic fashion icon or something like that. So watch for that the idea of an ideal or perfect image or the passing away or deteriorating of an ideal uh, Venusian image or person or theme or something like that. Okay, number five would be a Venusian tipping point or balancing point. Now, the reasoning behind this one is that we're dealing with the scales. Uh, and when Venus in, is at the heart of the sun, it's at that critical 29th degree, you think about a moment almost like Let's, I'm, I'll make up a story on the spot. So let's just say that a woman had been wronged by a, a husband or a man or a, a boss or you know maybe even a friend or something like that. This could be a moment where that, that past hurt or wrong is being revisited and corrected or balanced out karmically sometime, somehow. But so any kind of like something around, like in a relationship, a romantic relationship where the scales have been tipped in one way, maybe an imbalance of some kind. Now, as they reach this, this point, they tip and they move in the other direction or they balance out. So I could see this as a tipping point or balancing point within relationships um, or within power dynamics. Um, I think this one might have a little bit of history behind it as well. The reason I say that is because that 29th degree suggests something that has been in a long process, it has, it has history behind it. Because when it reaches the 29th degree, it's really like a culminating point. <clears throat> so I wonder about relationship histories, uh, the, the past and the, the Venusian past and, and how, it, how it tips over somehow. 
it could be the the breaking point in a relationship where a woman becomes empowered and says, I'm not going to put up with abuse any longer. Or it could be the point at which you say, look, these are my needs and we either negotiate something or I have to leave and find a different job. Uh, so I could see this as some sort of balancing point, uh, a moment of karmic adjusting, like the scales are recalibrating. You could also think about it, especially since, um, again, we're in Saturn's exaltation and these planets have also been, they're in a whole sign trine with Saturn and Aquarius. It's almost like there's a like a uh, relational adjustment, like a chiropractor, like, like you know, clicking things into place. Um, there could be something like that happening. But I suspect that whatever it brings, whatever this moment of Kazemi brings, it carries over very powerfully into the solar eclipse next week, where we then have a solar eclipse conjoined Venus and Scorpio, which is a very deep and powerful moment of transformation. Um, and so this, this is a Venusian tipping point that plays into the eclipse that's coming. So look at that house of that whole sign house of Libra in your chart and the next whole sign house of Scorpio to get a feeling for how or where that tipping point might be occurring, because you might see some carryover between the topics of those two houses, almost like a, a sequence of events that's about to play out. Um, or just seeing a, a, a sort of Venusian tipping point that then leads into something pretty um, powerful taking place in the Scorpio house in your birth chart. Um, anyway, so to me, these are the five things that I would be watching for. Let's review them. Venus enshrined or chosen. Venus promoted, delegated, or recognized. Venus's hidden agenda. Venus's ideal image or perfect form a Venusian tipping point or balancing point. And if you think about that, like a karmic reckoning almost. It's a little heavy because of that 29th degree, especially because of just separating from Pluto. How has Pluto been bringing things up from the underworld for this moment? And then how are we anticipating the eclipse energy with Venus and Scorpio coming up next week? These are, these. this is very dramatic sort of, um, it's a spicy moment for Venus ruled things. So, you know, watch and see what, what happens here. I think it, it ought to be pretty interesting. All right. Well, I would really like it uh, if you would share your stories. We use the hashtag grabbed on my channel, ancient name for the planets in Indian astrology was the Grahas or the grabbers. We know that uh, Zeus abducted Ganymede and the gods like to uh, abduct us and hold us hostage. Some people were joking around about Stockholm syndrome <laughs> with the video on Pluto and Aquarius. I thought that was pretty clever and interesting way of looking at it too. And there, but it's true. Sometimes the gods come and abduct us. Um, share your stories about how the gods have showed up in your life, uh, by using the hashtag grabbed or email us grabbed at nightlightastrology.com and share with us what you're seeing or noticing with this Venus Kazemi or in, you know, and I'd love to, I love reading in the comment section. If you want to be more anonymous, just don't send anything. You don't mind me that you mind me reading, um, in a future, um, storytelling episode. All right. That's what I've got. Uh, don't forget to like, and subscribe. You can find a transcript of all my daily talks on the website, nightlightastrology.com, where you also have a limited amount of time now to sign up for the new, uh, class ancient astrology for the modern mystics starting on November 12th. Uh, make sure to take advantage of the remaining need-based tuition uh, scholarships if you need one. All right, take it easy and have a great weekend, everyone. Bye.